Welcome back to another episode of All That Jazz. My name is Giovanni. I'm an expat dad living in South Korea. My parents were here, left last week already, and have been home for the past couple days. Uh, I reached out to my dad, and he did say that uh, he's still feeling the jet lag a little bit. I did give him a forewarning that it does take a lot longer to adjust when you're flying back to the States from Korea, and it's only a matter of time until his internal clock starts working again. Uh, Other than that, I am currently on a four-day weekend. There was a holiday today, actually, in South Korea. August 15th is Independence Day. Uh, South Korea's official Independence Day is August 15th, 1945, after the Japanese uh, Empire surrendered at the end of World War II and liberated all of its territories. Happy Independence Day, Korea. To kind of just quickly highlight uh, my weekend, the first day off, my family and I went to a night market over here in Ilsan. It's the region was by Kintex. Kintex is like a, a large like convention hall where they like to hold different concerts, different uh, meetings, conventions, kind of that thing. Um, the market itself was pretty pretty small, fairly small. Um, they had a couple like food trucks, a little pricey, if you ask me, and a little stage for you know magicians shows. Uh, a water fountain for kids to play in. We didn't really hang out too long because there really wasn't much to do. So by the end of the evening, we just uh, went uh, back to my in-laws' place where we had some makgeolli and some pajan, which always blend well together. Uh, the following day, we went up north to Paju, and we went to this place called First Garden, which is a kind of like a botanical garden. They've filmed some dramas there, a couple movies. Um, it's really, really nice. They have a petting zoo, a little uh, water playground. The kids brought their swimsuits, and they played in this little kind of like ravine to kind of splash around the water a bit. It was a hot one that day, so uh, it was it was quite uh, refreshing to play in water. And then yesterday, we went to the children's library, not too far from our place. Everything, we tried to just stay local. Ready for a little bit, and as you can imagine, the kids just uh, didn't want to sit still. So we just biked over to another area, Karosugil, where we went to one of my favorite sushi restaurants. And then last but not least, this morning we took the kids over to a kid's cafe at the Loti department, uh, where we just played for a couple hours there, and then made our way back home, stopped at another stream, uh, another scorching day, so the kids could play for about a half hour or so, just to kind of tire them out. And then we've been home ever since, and now they're sound asleep. So what I want to talk about today is uh, raising a family in both Korea and the USA, and how both countries uh, were a challenge, as well as a perk. Let's get into that right now. So the first thing I want to talk about is the maternity as well as the paternity leave in both the USA and Korea. In the US, I was actually working at Yelp at the time. So I was given a two-month paternity leave. My wife, however, was given no maternity leave. She had uh, zero, zero months. She wasn't a full-time worker, uh, but really had no, no health benefits, nothing of that sort. Versus Korea, Korea, I was actually given a six-month paternity leave, and then my wife was actually given a 15-month maternity leave. Um, so that's, uh, that's quite the difference. She was given 12 months, 
for her maternal and then a three-month birth leave, so 15 months total. What was actually really nice was those six months, not only did they fly super fast, like I was given grand total at least like the first three months was the equivalent of like maybe $3,000 a month the first three months, and then it kind of just dwindled down to like half of that the remaining months. So it was a good chunk of change for not having to work and take care of two kids at the same time. It was really nice. The birthing experience itself, at least in the U.S., was a much better experience, I think, versus the one when we had our second child here in Korea. And now the reason I say that is because when we gave birth to Gianno in 2022, that was like the peak of COVID in Korea. So their protocols were like extremely strict. But at the same time, we did have a lot of help from the Korean government. So I can't complain entirely too much when it came down to costs. For example, when we gave birth, well, when we, when my wife gave birth to our firstborn in uh, 2018, we just were struggling financially wise. There was like no way we'd be able to afford any kind of a hospital visit. But luckily at that time, we were on Medicaid, so the birthing process was free. Everything was picked up on the taxpayer dime. Um, we did have a two-day hospital stay, and uh, by the end of it, yeah, we, we paid nothing. We paid nothing in the end, so that was really helpful. Again, not really too proud of uh, being you know, in poverty, but uh, it was just a, a life experience that you know at least that I know, that I'll never, ever, ever return to because uh, every, every day is just a struggle. And I never want to find myself in that boat again, especially with a wife and two kids. So lesson learned in 2022, again, COVID was rampant in this part of the country. Uh, we could have no contact with our son like after he was born. I mean, luckily, luckily, we were given, I think, the first like 10, 15 minutes like right after birth. Me, unfortunately, I actually had to sit outside in the hallway as my wife was pushing, and I was getting so much anxiety thinking that I was actually going to miss the birth of my son, and it kind of just really just pissed me off, like the whole situation, until finally the doctor came in, and then the nurse went out and said, all right, you can come in. But even though I was in the room, I still had to stand behind a curtain. Like, I couldn't be at my wife's side as she was finally giving birth. But being present in the room... I guess it made a difference. I just peeked through the curtain anyway. I didn't really give a crap, but I was basically boiling down inside. I'm sure any dad can relate to that. Um, but we did get to have, you know, 15 minutes with Gianno, and then they put him in an incubator and just kind of just whisked him away. And I thought, where the hell are they taking my son? Why can't he be right there with us? He needs that contact with his mother. And the entire time I was there, I just felt like completely useless, you know, because we went up to the recovery room. He had to stay down at the nursery with the other babies. We said straight up to the nurses, we don't want him to have any formula. Don't you dare pump any of that into his system because we just want to breastfeed. We just want him to get the natural milk that he should be getting from his mother. And so every now and then, every 30 minutes, they were calling my wife down, up and down, up and down. We were on the eighth floor. I think he was down on the third floor. So we, she made the trip up and down as long as it took just to breastfeed him. And uh, it worked out. It uh, And by the end of it, I just decided, you know, to head back home to spend time with our daughter because, again, there was no purpose for me to be there because I, I couldn't see him. I couldn't go into the nursery. I wasn't allowed to stand behind the glass because you had to make, like, appointments of when you could go, and it was just ridiculous. It was the most ridiculous, stupidest thing that I ever had to deal with. It, it, it angers me now even bringing it up. Um, but what didn't anger me was the hospital bill. When all was said and done, 
uh, because the Korean government actually gave my wife a $1,000 voucher that she can use for her health checkups for all her OBGYNs. And she actually applied the remainder of it to the hospital bill for the birth, everything. And I think in the end, our bill would have been maybe about $100, but everything was covered because of that voucher. So that really paid off. So we were super fortunate to, uh, to get that kind of support. And speaking of support, I do want to talk about the government support that we still receive even after giving birth almost a year and a half later. Now, the minute that, uh, maybe not literal minute, but when we know when Gianna was registered within the Korean government, the federal government actually gave us $2,000 up front. And then the city, Goyang, the city that we live in, actually gave us an additional $500 on top of that, just to kind of say, hey, congratulations for having a baby. Um, so that's 2,500 $2, smackaroos right there. Now, from April to December for the remainder of the year, we were also given $350 monthly, a monthly stipend that we could use, you know, for formula, diapers, baby food, whatever we needed. And then when the law changed the following year, early 2023, we were also given $800 instead of $350, right? So we got an additional $450 on top of that, if my math is correct. From January to March, we were given $800 a month. And then from his first year, right, his first birthday up to his second birthday, we're given $400 a month. So I'm no mathematician, but that's a good chunk of change that we're still getting. So basically, even after giving birth, the government will pay us a small stipend for two years. And uh, I want to actually refer back to that at the later part of this episode. Utilities. The government will actually give you discounts on utilities, including rent. Um, so I'm happy to say that uh, before we had our second child, we were paying only $270 a month in rent. And then after he was registered, we now pay $255 in rent each month. And that's for a three-bedroom place, three-bed, one-bath, uh, like a small condo, right? We're on the first floor. It's really nice. Um, we are in a uh, federal housing plan. So for young people that are married, um, I think you have to be a certain age limit. You have to reach uh, or you have, you have to be making like a certain income. Uh, because the housing market is extremely high here in Korea. So they are building new apartments, complexes um, that are catering to like the federal housing to kind of help younger families. There's no way, especially people our age, even younger than me, could afford a housing at the ridiculous prices that they're asking. They're asking, you know, millions of dollars and nobody has that kind of money. Water bill, gas bill, we get discounts on that each month in addition to these monthly stipends as a result of having kids. And the government will also assist with schooling if we are in government daycares, like my daughter, her first two years, uh, she went to a government daycare, and I think we only had to pay like $25 a month while the government picked up the rest. So again, these are really good perks to have. Um, in the U.S., we didn't get anything. I mean, I know we, I mentioned before that we did have Medicaid, so I mean, that was kind of helpful as far as like... Uh, Seeing doctors, doctor visits, we didn't really have to pay for much or anything at all. We didn't, uh, I mean, yes, we had food stamps, but uh, that, that, that helped, right? That was kind of beneficial. I know our healthcare provider did mail us some goodies like diapers, formulas of that sort. So I don't want to say that we didn't, didn't get anything. We, we did, but not to this extent. 
right? We didn't get several hundred dollars a month. I mean, I get it. Korea does have the lowest fertility rate that is recorded right now. I think even lower than Japan because Japan has also been struggling the last uh, couple of decades. Um, so that's why the Korean government is kind of passing all these programs and incentives. And now, as I mentioned, our stipend is, I think, $400 from now until next April. But they're actually going to increase that now to, I think, $1,000 or $1,100. So if you're planning on having a child, you know, next year is the year to do it because you are going to be receiving at least $12,000 just in the first year of just having a child. And even more. Now, if you have three kids, if you have a third child, that child is basically going to have free schooling like their whole lives, right? Daycare is going to be covered, elementary school, public school, I think even certain universities, uh, the third child will be receiving free tuition. Um, that's why I wanted a third child. Unfortunately, I had a vasectomy, so we're only stuck at two. Um, I'll probably be addressing... Uh, <laughs> the vasectomy procedure in a, another episode in case there's any dads out there who kind of want to know what the process is like. And last but not least, like safety, Korea versus USA. I feel like my children are a whole lot safer here. There are no guns. So we don't ever have to worry about like school shootings. Uh, we have to worry about like uh, kids doing like active shooter drills. Not only that, like kids can kind of just go anywhere they want. A lot of my students um, at least previous students, they did attend a lot of like hagwans or a lot of academies. So they have would attend multiple academies, but they can kind of just go on their own. We got shuttles that take them from place to place and they don't really feel like threatened. A lot of times you do see kids just kind of either walking by themselves or like little groups, just completely unattended, no parents. And I'm kind of always like looking over my shoulder, like, are they by themselves? Is Korea that safe? Like it, it comes as a big shock. You know, the first time you see and experience it. Um, but really, they, uh, I know last episode, my dad mentioned like the first thing that really surprised him is that Korea really caters to kids. They know they do have playgrounds everywhere. Kids' cafes are all over the place. Again, I went to one earlier today. We were there for at least two hours in this uh, kids' cafe at the Lotus Department. It's, it's, it's a really nice place. It's brand new. They got like ball pits, slides, everything, you name it. They got stuff for parents. They got food, snacks, drinks, um, coffee. Everybody loves drinking coffee here. And uh, in general, it's it's very safe. Now, the USA, unfortunately, as we all know, does have a big gun problem. There's constant uh, school shootings. That's one of my biggest concerns. If and when my family moves back to the States, I'm going to have to explain to my kids that they are going to be doing active shooter drills to not be afraid. Um, but it's just a different reality there, unfortunately. I don't see it changing anytime soon. Um, I just I just know that's just going to be a conversation that uh, I'm going to have with my children someday. And I, I'm really not looking forward to that. Even when I was a kid, there was always a problem of like stranger danger. And not that they don't teach here in Korea. They do as well. But back home, I feel like I have to look over my shoulder a lot. And I feel like I take a lot of that um, overprotectedness here. Like, the minute I know that my child is gone or I lose sight of them, like, I freak out. Like, my heart just drops to the pit of my stomach, and I just stop whatever I do, and I'm just frantically running all over the place just to find my child. Even if I lose them, it's like a split second, because I always have that. I always have, like, oh, Derek, God, are they abducted? Are they kidnapped? Or have they gone? Does somebody have them already? And I think, like, any parent knows, like, just losing a child is, like, the worst thing in the world, even if they're gone for, like, two seconds, right? It's a scary feeling. But I got to say, like, I don't know what it's like living in other countries with other children. Like, I just I'm so glad that raising children in Korea, it's it's 
it's been a much better experience. One, um, as I mentioned before, I don't pay a lot in, in rent and bills, so I feel like I can save a ton more. And with that, I can provide for my family. We can live comfortably. I remember feeling just so depressed as a dad living uh, in the States because, again, at that time, I, I didn't have any money. Our first Christmas together, I couldn't afford to get any gifts to my daughter, and I just felt like heartbroken by that. Not, not that gifts matter. I just felt like I couldn't really provide for her. And as a result, I kind of felt like a, like, like a failure as a dad. And I didn't ever want to feel that way again, at least now. I can say, like, if I want to go on trips, we can go on trips. Money's never really a concern. Is it good to say that I have enough money stored away? Absolutely. Do I want to blow it all? Hell no, right? i got to save it for a house one day, if and when I go back home. But uh, i got to say, no, really, coming to Korea was like the best thing, especially right before COVID, because I was able to save a lot. We were able to have a second child, and everything just went according to plan. Now, if we remained in the States, I don't think, you know, we would have had a second kid, at least as right away. Obviously, a lot more planning would have went into that. I don't know what would have happened, you know, if we were there, then COVID took over. Who who knows? Everything happens for a reason. And uh, that's, just, that's just my two cents. That's what I wanted to say. Um, so I do thank you for listening this far. Um, as always, please follow me on all my socials, my social media. On my link tree, you have access to my YouTube, my Facebook, my Instagram. And uh, I'll catch you all next week. Thank you very much for listening. Take care.